Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, and we're so glad to have you again here with us today in the House of Faith. We've got a great broadcast in store for you, some good things from the Word of God. I want you, if you're able to, get your Bible, get a notebook, get a pen, get ready, get ready to hear some things from the Spirit of God. If all you do today is hear from me, then it's been a waste of your time and mine. But if you hear from God, one word from God has the ability to change your life. It has the ability to change your destiny. It has the ability to change everything that's going on around you. And if you will watch and listen today with the expectation to not just hear from me, but to hear from him, then you will hear because we're going to look at his word. We're going to listen to his spirit. And it's going to be a good day here on Legacy Television. Before we get into the word, I've got great news for you. I want to update you with what's going on in our life and our ministry. Those of you who've been watching the broadcast over the last several months or your partners with Sarah and I in our ministry, then you know there's been some pretty major change for us in 2019, now into 2020. And we thank God for every good and great thing that he's doing right now. We have moved our ministry, if you didn't know. We moved our ministry, our family, our staff, everything from Fort Worth, Texas, up to the mountains of Colorado. We are now in Green Mountain Falls, Colorado, just outside Colorado Springs. And the Lord has been so good and so gracious to us. And the good news is Legacy Church is on its way. We are so close to launching Sunday services and we're so thrilled about it. I'm sitting right now in our facility we purchased a 30,000 square foot building on 151 acres of land, and it's beautiful. You can take a look at these pictures, get an idea of where we are right now, and do your very best to not be jealous of us because it is gorgeous. We come to work here and we look at each other and say, is this where we live? Is this where we work? Is this what we get to do? And we are so thankful that the Lord has given us this opportunity. Now, we purchased this building and we've been involved together, those of you who are partners with us in this ministry, in our buy up and build out project. Those words came to us from the Lord, said it was time to buy up and build out and to launch into this project together. And we laid, uh, by faith, we laid hold of $100 a square foot for this 30,000 square foot facility. And when that is done coming in, then we will be able to pay this whole uh, building off the, all the land and have enough to build out the sanctuary to where we can start having services. And that's $100 a square foot at 30,000 square feet. And the, and the whole thing's paid for and we're able to start having services. I wanna give you a good news, great report. Just before the end of 2019, coming into 2020, we crossed over 20,000 square feet paid for. Glory to God. That is a miracle. I mean, we look at each other and go, how did you do this, Lord? But we know two things. Number one, he did it. And number two, if he did that, he can get us all the way through to the finish. So that's where we sit right now. As I'm shooting these broadcasts, we're somewhere around 20,500 square feet paid for. By the time you see this, we'll be past that. So God is doing good things already. We're over 66% accomplished. I mean, that's the goodness of God. And I want to invite you to be a part of this project. What we're doing together is building a platform from which we can reach the nations. That's what this church is. Legacy Church is a local church, but it has a global call. We have an assignment on our lives. And when I say us and we and our, I'm not just talking about me or Sarah. I'm talking about you, our partners with us in this ministry. We have a global assignment 
to preach Jesus and to serve our generation with the Word of God. Teach them how to live by faith in the day of grace. Teach them how to experience a whole life prosperity that's prospering spirit, soul, and body, and to teach them how to raise their families in the household of faith. That's the assignment on this church. That's the assignment on this ministry. And through your partnership, you are accomplishing that. If you want to be a part of this buy up and build out project, as we press through this home stretch, the last 10,000 square feet of this project, there's a number of ways you can get involved. Use the information that you see right now on your screen. You can text it. If you're watching inside the United States, you can text LTV and any dollar amount to the number 28950 that's going to go right into the buy up and build out project or you can give online at www.legacychurch.family that's the website for the church and while you're there online take a look at some of the pictures some of the good things that are already happening here some of the building progress uh, let me show you some of these pictures of the services that we've already had they're not Sunday morning services yet but we've gathered together with people from the area in the evenings we've had some family nights people are coming most importantly Jesus is coming we've had the presence of God in such a strong way and we're so excited about the future and if you'd like to you can use the physical address that you see on your screen right now. If you'd like to write a check, you can make that to either Pearson's Ministries International or Legacy Church. And if you want it to go towards this building project, just mark buy up, build out. We call it Bubbo, B-U-B-O. If you write that on your check, we'll know what that's about. Father, we thank you so much for the giving of the people. We call them blessed, increased, and multiplied in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when you're sowing, don't forget that every seed reproduces after its own kind. And there is something in this life that God has called you to buy up, that He's called you to build out. And this is an opportunity to get involved and sow a seed and receive a harvest on everything you've sown. Let's get into the Word of God today. I'm so excited about what the Lord has for us. I, I was preparing for these broadcasts. We're going to spend some time together, not just today and this week, but on into the next several weeks. And as I was moving towards it, I really kind of had something in my head that I thought the Lord wanted us to deal with. But late last night and uh, here recently, the Lord began to steer my heart in a different direction. And the only reason that would happen is because of you, because the Lord knows who's watching. The Lord knows who's listening. He knows what you and I need better than you and I know what we need. And so today we're going to receive answers from the Word of God. If you've got a Bible, I want you to go with me to the book of Psalms. And we're going to start today in Psalm 23. Very, very familiar scripture. I know you've heard it before, but, but let's listen to it today with, with, with an open heart and receive some things that maybe you haven't seen, maybe you haven't heard. In the 23rd Psalm, I want to begin in verse 1. Notice it says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or in other words, because he's my shepherd, I don't lack for any good thing. It says he makes me. I want you to notice this word makes. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me. These two words are very important for what we're talking about today. He makes you do something and he leads you to do something. He makes you or makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Now keep this in mind and hold your place here because we're going to come back to it. But go to the book of John with me. In the New Testament, the book of John chapter 6. I began looking at John 6. Uh, some months ago, before the end of last year, 
I was reading it one day and the Lord really impressed on my heart. He said, I want you to read these first 14 verses of John chapter six. And he said, I want you to look at these every day for 30 days. Now that was just before November 1st of 2019. And so I made the commitment to look at these verses every day for 30 days. Uh, Sarah and I made this a, a commitment together. We came into here into the church, into the office and sat down with our staff and said, I'm, I'm going to instruct you with the same thing the Lord gave me to do. And that's to set your eyes on these verses every day for 30 days. And then on these family nights that we've been having here at the church, led the congregation in the same instruction. And we're going to read these verses together and I'm going to pull something out of here. But one of the reasons I believe the Lord had us do that is because you see in this, this is the account of Jesus feeding the five thousand. But you see in this God's willingness and his ability to supply for his people, not just a little and not just enough, but more than enough. Let's look at this together in John chapter six, beginning in verse one. It says, after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. So they're following. Let me ask you this. If, if people are following Jesus, then what is Jesus doing for the people? He's leading them. You remember that from the 23rd Psalm? He leads me. That's what's happening here. These people think they're following Jesus because they've seen signs and wonders and miracles, and they are, but I believe what we're really seeing here is Jesus leading these people. They followed him because they'd seen the signs that he performed. Verse 3, Jesus went up on the mountain. There he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat. But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Now notice Jesus' question, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? He's trying, the, the scripture even tells us, he was testing Philip. People, people accuse God of a lot of interesting things. Uh, God's testing me with this or testing me with that. It's true that God will test you, but it's not true that he's testing you with the things that most people say he's testing you with. He will not test you with sickness. He will not test you with disease. He does not test you with poverty and lack. He cannot and will not test you with anything that Jesus already bore for you. That would be unjust. That would not be right. But Jesus is testing Philip here. Think about it. How does a teacher in a classroom test their students with questions, with a question. Oftentimes the question is a verbal question. Many times the question is a written question. But what is that test about? The teacher tests the student to find out what's inside, to find out what information you have, to find out what you've heard, what you've retained, what you've held on to. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing with Philip. That's what this test is about. Because it shows, it says Jesus knew what he was going to do. Jesus is going, I know what I'm about to do about this, but let me find out what's in you. Interesting. If he tested Philip, I wonder if he'd still test you. Yeah, he would. He'd test me, but he'd do it the same way. Asking you this question, what's the source of this going to be? When a need arises in your life, 
Jesus will ask you this question to find out what's in you. The number one thing he's looking for is faith. He's asking this question to find out, is there faith in there? And so the question he asked Philip is the same thing he would ask you, he would ask me, where are you going to get this? What's the source? Who are you going to call on as the source to meet this need? That's a test. And you pass the test by saying, Jesus, I'm coming to you. You are my source. Heavenly Father, you alone are my source. It's an interesting question, too, because he says, where are we going to buy bread that these may eat? Let me throw this in here. Whose idea was it to feed these people? It wasn't Philip's idea. It wasn't any other of the other disciples. It wasn't even the people coming to him. Nobody came asking or begging for bread. Whose idea was it to feed these people? It was Jesus' idea. It was in his heart and on his mind. He is the one that wanted these people fed, and he is still the one that wants his people fed. And he's ready and willing and able to do it even if it requires a miracle. That's because that's who he is. That's what he does. That's his heart of compassion and his desire, not just to put food on the table, but clothes on your back, money in the bank, and whatever it takes to sustain you and to prosper you and to cause you to be so blessed that you are a blessing to other people. Jesus still has that on his heart and mind today. I got to keep going. Okay, let's keep reading. Philip answered him in verse 7 said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But listen to his statement. What are they among so many? I don't want to take too much time to get into this, but that's not the right mentality. And we're all guilty of it. Every single one of us have done it. When you've got a need that's this big and you look in your pocket or you look in the bank and what you have on hand is not anywhere near that big, the temptation is to look at what you've got and in the light of what you need, what you've got looks like nothing. Even if it is something, there's a temptation to call it nothing. And that's exactly what Andrew did. He said, we've got five barley loaves, we've got some fish, but what are they among so many? In other words, we've got something, but it might as well be nothing. And that's the wrong mentality. It is, it is a, an ungrateful and an unthankful heart that looks at what God has given you and calls it nothing. That's not the right mentality. And you'll see that's not what Jesus did. Notice what Jesus did in verse 10. Jesus said, here we go. Are you ready? Watch this. It's on your screen. Make the people sit down. Do you remember that from Psalm 23? What did he say? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. John 6 verse 10, make the people sit down. And the Bible adds this little detail here. I like this. Now there was much grass in the place. Thank you, Bible. I'm glad to know that. Seems like an odd detail, doesn't it? Well, let me ask you this question. You Bible scholars, what color was grass back in Bible times? If you said green, you're correct. <laughs> Listen to what's happening here. Jesus said, make the people sit down on this green grass. Here's what's really cool. If you study these words where he said, sit down, that word really, if you look it up, means 
to lie down. It means to recline. Really what Jesus said to these people, to his disciples was, make the people lie down in these green pastures. Oh man, can you see what's happening right here? Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the embodiment of the prophecy of the 23rd Psalm. Jesus is the good shepherd that has led these people to right where he wants them. Now they're in green pastures. They think they followed him there of their own accord, but really what happened was he led them there. And now he wants to feed them there. He wants to feed them in this place where there's no, there's, there's not enough food on hand to do it. There's nowhere to go buy it. I have found this out to be true about Jesus. He has no qualms, no problems whatsoever leading you and I right into a place where it takes faith to live there. That's what he's done for us by putting us here in Colorado. I mean, he led us right here, but I tell you one thing about it. He led us right to a place, right to a property, right into a building that for us to be here requires faith and faith in him alone because we can't meet the need ourselves, but I would, I would have it no other way. This is the place you want to be in. This is the place you want to be in in your life, the place that requires faith in Him. And that's where He led these people, was to a place where if they were going to eat, it would take faith in Him. Now, I don't, I don't want to take time to read the rest of this because there's, a, there's one point I want to bring out in here. But you know how this story ends. Jesus takes what little they had, and instead of calling it nothing, what He did is gave thanks for it. That's all, that's all we know that he did with that little boy's lunch. He held it before the Lord, before his heavenly father and said, thank you. And there was enough power in him thanking God for what they did have that it began to multiply. It multiplied in his hands. It multiplied in the disciples' hands. And soon enough, every person that was lying down in those green pastures, they were fed to the full, the scripture says, until they were satisfied. And you know how this ends. They didn't even run out then. There was more than enough. What do you suppose would happen if you and I set our eyes on this for every day for 30 days? I know what happened to me. It built such an expectation of God to do extra in our lives. But here's what I want to bring out, and I've got just a couple of moments left on this broadcast today. It's so clear to me that what's happening on that hillside and in those green pastures is the fulfillment of what we read about in the 23rd Psalm. Even when you get down to what David said in verse 5 of Psalm 23, you prepare a table before me. That's what Jesus was doing brought these people out there in a place where you wouldn't think you could eat. And he prepared a table for them right there. And he said, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. That's overflow. That's extra. That's what you see going on in John chapter 6. But Psalm 23 reveals something else to us. I'm going to make this statement as we begin to wrap this broadcast up today. And this is what's going to take us in to next week's broadcast and the weeks that follow. It wasn't just a natural need that was being met out there that day. 
Now, Jesus was meeting a physical, natural need. There was a hunger and Jesus wanted to fill it. That was on his mind. Nobody asked for it. He wanted it done. Compassion wanted those people fed, fed to the full. But it wasn't just about that natural need. If you see, if you look back in Psalm 23, there's something else going on there. Again, beginning in verse one, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Verse three, what else is happening? He restores my soul. I dare say when you go back and look at the life and the ministry of Jesus, that no matter what is happening, whether he's teaching or preaching or healing or meeting a physical, natural need, providing like we see him do here in John chapter 6, there is this other side of his ministry that's always happening, and it is the restoration of the soul. The restoring of the soul. Now, you, you, you probably know this. Maybe you've heard it said before, but you and I, we are three-part beings. We are a spirit we have a soul. We live in a body. Now, many people, especially people who aren't born again, are not even aware of the spirit side of life. So for them, it's the soul and the body that's just driving life. The soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions. They're constantly making decisions based on what the soul is feeding them, what the soul is telling them, the condition that the soul is in. And for many people, you can tell it's not leading them into a good place. It's not leading them into a prosperous, wealthy place. But right on the other hand, you have some people who... Uh, maybe with good motivation, but, but bad information in the name of so-called living by faith have tried to completely ignore the soul altogether. Tried to completely almost pretend like there's no such thing as feelings. There's no such thing as emotions, but that's a whole third of who you are. And to live like that doesn't exist is to live without acknowledging an entire third of your God-created being. And what I want to do as the Lord leads us over the next several weeks is find out from Scripture, not only that we have a soul, but that God wants it restored. God wants it healthy. God wants you soul healthy. God wants you soul rich. God wants you soul strong. God, check this one out. I can't wait till we get to this. God wants you soul satisfied. All of this is scripture from his word, but I want to minister this to you as we leave the broadcast today. That number one, yes, you do have a soul. It is a gift from God. You can't depend on it to make all your decisions for you, but it can be a very vibrant and healthy part of who you are. And just as Jesus wants to feed you like he did these people, just as Jesus wants you alive spiritually and alive and healthy in your body, he wants you alive and healthy and strong in your soul. Say it out loud right now. He is my good shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Now say this, He restores my soul. 
Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.